Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, a discussion about how to live a loving life. I'm Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn. Kenny, we've made our way to chapter seven. That chapter is called Feelings Don't Produce Roots. You write, feelings are real, but they are often misleading. If we make our decisions on how we feel, then feelings and other people will rule our lives. So why do you say that feelings are misleading? Well, because they are normally not based on the truth. So if, if you lie to your emotions, they believe it. In other words, um, I don't know, you could, somebody could call me right now with some terrible news, and all of my feelings would have no idea that it wasn't true. Or I, if I would have no idea that it wasn't true. And whatever that terrible news w- would be would devastate me and then position me to make decisions that I would be highly compelled to make because of the emotions involved in it. And it would all be an absolute myth, like a total lie. Like no, 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 I'm assuming that this bad news wasn't true at all, right? And so our feelings are um, are completely beyond our control. I've never figured out how to control my feelings. So when you know we call the chapter "Feelings Don't Produce Roots," and what I'm suggesting is that feelings are the fruit, and that the root is is tr- part of the part of the root is truth. Love is the truth, and so in, at least in my own life. I, had, I was really good at following my feelings. The only thing I knew how to do, I would say, is, you know, if, if I felt really strong about someone or about something, I just followed my heart. And when I, when I said I followed my heart, I meant my feelings. And, and so there's a big argument in our world right now that we should follow our feelings and that f- your feelings are valid and I would agree 100% your, your, feeling, your feelings are very real and your feelings are very valid. But most of the time, like, I don't know, 75 plus percent of the time, at least in my own life, my feelings are lying to me. Like they're not based on the truth. You know, just, just like I could get some terrible news right now and, and be devastated. And, and in reality, my feelings would know no difference. I would, I would feel exactly as if it happened. I could get some great news right now that, you know, would do the same thing, or I could get no news right now. I could be right here. Everything could just seem lovely to me. I know no better, and something terrible could have just happened. But, but my feelings have no idea. So my feelings are, are, are subjective, and they're based upon what I believe. And so if I believe a lie and I follow my feelings— I live a lie. All the decisions I make are based on this lie that I believe, and my feelings validate the lie. So that's what I mean by, you know, that feelings are are not dependable and shouldn't be trusted because, you know, (laughs) my feelings are really strong. So what do you do with feelings? That becomes the next question. It's like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Just ignore my feelings? So I would say I went, in my life, I went from feelings led to completely ignoring my feelings, and that became another trap. So it's not like feelings are of no use whatsoever. 
you know, they're, they are there for a purpose. They are real and they are valid, valid in that you feel them for a, a real reason of just most time that valid doesn't equal truth. Right. So so it could be valid, but it could not be true at all. So I went from following my feelings to just ignoring my feelings, pushing all my feelings out. And I found that that was an equal trap almost to following my feelings. So what do you do with feelings? I I like to say that you run to them. So feel will run from your feelings or to them based on how it feels. So if it scares me, I run away from it. You know, that's what fear does. And if, if it feels safe, I run to it. That's what fear does. Well, the problem is many things that feel safe aren't safe at all. And, so, and many things that we run away from, we should have been running to. So I would say that love, our responsibility in living a loving life, is we feel something, then we should run to it. It's a lot like a fire alarm in a room or something, you know. We run to it to see what is the truth. So, okay, I have these feelings for a real and a valid reason, but is the real and valid reason, reason true? So I run to the feelings, and, and I just ask why or what, or I take a closer look or whatever that is. And then if the feelings, I mean, sorry, then if the truth is what I already believed that were leading me to have these feelings, you know, the house is burning down and there's only one way to left to get out, it's time to run, you know, but... um but my problem was I, I followed them, and then I ran from them. And now I'm learning, learning to run to my feelings and to ask why and to dig a little deeper and, and see, you know, what I, what I should really be doing. And, um, and, you know, a lot of times what this led to in my own life was because I did things based on how I felt, it led me to things like if you respect me, I respect you. If you love me... I love you. And I see this all the time in social media, everywhere I go, you know, it's everybody, you know, and and we're real proud of that. It's like, you know, you respect me. I got you. I respect you. You disrespect me. I got you. I disrespect you. And, and that's how I rolled for a long time before I started realizing that when I did that, I gave control of my life, not just to anybody, but mostly to disrespectful people. So let me let me just give you an example. Tammy and I went to Jack in the Box one day, and we walk in there, and there's a guy. At this time, I'm and I still do today, but we had, we were making shelter strength. We mostly just had dog tags at that time, I had scriptures on them, and I had kind of come to this point where I get if I bumped into you, you're probably going to get one. You know, at first I was afraid to give them away because I was afraid I'd offend people, and they have a scripture on them. And then I got and because I had given so many away, and I'd seen the response. So many people, so grateful. I got to where I was kind of afraid not to give one away. I'm like, man, you know, did I miss an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life, you know? So we're in Jack in the Box, and I walk up behind this guy, and he's ordering. And he's like, and, and the other thing I've learned is that if people, this happened a couple of times, if people are, are extra rude, you know, then they're normally the best opportunity. You know, used to, I thought that was an opportunity for me to disrespect them because they're disrespecting me. But now I have learned that those people many times need, you know, they need a little lift, a hug, a hand, something more than anyone else. And so I, I come up behind this guy, and he's clearly that guy. I mean, he's being rude to everybody and the lady that's taking his order. So she takes his order, and he ordered a sourdough jack. And then she steps away, and it's just me and him, and his back's to me. 
And so I'm trying to get positioned where I can kind of see him, start a conversation or something, right? And so I didn't know what else to say. So I just, as a conversation starter, I just said, hey, man, how's that sourdough bun on that sourdough jack? Sourdough jack. And uh, he kind of barely looks my way and looks back, kind of as if to say, I know you didn't just say something to me. And, and so my first thought was, oh, okay, we're going to do this, you know? And then I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to try again. And so I say, hey, man, um, how's that sourdough bun on that sourdough jack? And he turns around, and the lady's walking up to the register right when this happens. She's coming back. He looks me right in the eyes, and he says, I don't know, fool. And, man, here come the feelings, you know? I'm just thinking, heck, let's just do this, you know? I mean, let's go outside or something. He's a little bigger than me. He's probably going to get me, right? But, I mean, I mean, you know, the one good thing about ski jumping is, like, nobody can ever hit you as hard as a ramp will hit you. You know, I mean, you come in at 70 miles an hour, hit the water, two boards tied up in that knot. I mean, stuff's breaking. You know, so I can survive it. I'm pretty sure of that. And anything's easier than standing here and pretending it's okay for you to treat me like this because that's how my, that's my feelings, right? As if him calling me a fool made me a fool. And your dad taught you that nothing would humble a man quicker than a butt whooping. Huh? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's exactly right. <clears throat> and he's right sometimes, you know. So that's a great idea. And I'm thinking one of us need a humbling pretty bad because, because, because I have just become who he is in a split second. And so I'm, but, but I'm knowing the truth. You know, I mean, uh, Kenny B.C. before Christ would have just been, you know, no telling where that would have went, but it would have went there real quick wherever it was going. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to humble myself. I'm trying to cool myself off. And so I just keep my, all I can do is just keep my mouth shut. The lady finishes his order. He goes and sits down and Tam, I go sit down. We're eating. Tammy and I are eating together. He's eating with a buddy of his. He had another, I guess this other guy was with him. And they finished their lunch. And while we're, while we're eating, I'm telling Tammy what happened. You know, what's, you know that makes it worse because now my, my, my my wife knows this guy just called me a fool and I'm doing nothing about it, right? Like, that's how I used to live. I really thought, you know. So um, I think him calling me a fool makes me a fool. So what I do, I become a fool. When him calling me a fool didn't make me a fool, it really made him a fool. You know, I was trying to help the guy. So, um, but <clears throat> I'm kind of all the way, you know, after t retelling the story, I'm caught up in it. And they're about to get up to, I can tell they're finishing their food up to get up and walk out. And I'm trying to hurry up and finish mine because I want to walk out right behind them, right? So, um, and, and why? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I just want to, what, you know, I mean, just my feelings want me to do it. They want, I want to walk on his heels, you know, whisper in his ear, <laughs> you know, something. And so uh, they get up, they walk out. I hurry Tammy up and we walk out right behind them. <clears throat> and they didn't, they didn't say a word and... You know, we walked down into the parking lot, and as they were walking across the parking lot, we get in my truck, and then I realized they were exiting the parking lot, but not to a vehicle. They had walked, and they were walking home, and it wasn't a short walk to any homes. And so I just thought, man, I don't know what's, you know, dang it. And I told Tammy, I said, you know what, I'm going to try one more time. And so um, I grabbed these two dog tags and a chain. She was worried about me, you know, I'm over here. And, and, and these guys looked like, you know, 
they were capable of a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> most anything. But I chased them down, and, well, they see me coming, and they turn around to face me. God only knows what they were thinking. What's this crazy guy thinking? But as I approach them, I say, hey, man, can I just give you something? And the guard, their guard kind of came down a little bit. And then as I put the tags, these dog tags with these scriptures on them, on this ball chain, as I was putting them on, as I was walking up, up to them, well, with one eye, with the other eye, I'm watching them, <laughs> seeing if I need to run. You know what I mean? I mean, I can run. I could run, run with two guys chasing me. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm putting these ball chains on these dog tags, and, and I'm just saying, hey, man, look, this is just a couple of scriptures that when I was going to t- through some tough stuff really made a difference in my life. I'd just like to give them to you. And, and man, the crazy thing was it was like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like they just instantly morphed into two completely different people. Like they, they were these two young men that appeared as gangbangers and, uh, you know, a, a severe threat and, you know, had all of this, their whole countenance screamed, don't touch me, I'll kill you, you know, whatever. All the all, all, fear is always projecting all this false strength, you know. And then when they heard me say that, it was like all that just melted off. Their whole countenance changed. And, and they were like little kids, and they probably were, Reggie. They were probably, I don't know, 14, 15. You know, they were pretty good-sized kids, but, but they, they looked a lot younger all of a sudden too, you know. So I put the dog tags on the chains. I gave them to them. And then the crazy thing was I hand them to them, and I start to walk away, and it's kind of like they don't want me to walk away. And I can tell it, but I don't know what else to say or what else to do, so I just kind of gave them the tip, a little mini salute, and – start to leave and then one of them goes hey man I said yeah he said what's your name and so I told him my name and I just told him you know pray I'll trust God's word no matter what and then um I turned to walk away again he said hey I said yeah he said who are you in a a strange way as almost as if to say like what are you doing like why would you do this you know and I said, man, you know, just, just a guy like you, man, that was afraid and scared, and God's Word changed my life forever, and I want to share it with other people. And it's just that simple. And I don't know if those guys remember me, really, but I'll, I'll never forget them. But think, little things like that along the way just, just kind of helped teach me that when my feelings are begging me in every—I'm I'm telling you, every fiber of my being— knew the right thing to do was to invite this guy outside or to say who's the fool or who do you you know all of that stuff and it was an absolute lie and who they were projecting they were was a lie like they were afraid so they were pretending everything he did right there was all based off of a lie of what who he thought I was or who I thought whoever he thought I thought I was and however he thought I saw him that all this big old fat lie that Satan tells us all, all the time, all I was trying to do was give, the, give him something, but he couldn't see that because he was following his feelings. And then I was starting to follow my feelings, and he was no longer a kid to me. You know, I was a grown man at the time. You know, like I, but in my eyes, there was no kid there at all. There's another grown man confronting me. Let's just, you know, whatever, which is all a lie. And thank God... You know, thank you, Jesus. I'm always saying it's all Jesus. Well, you write, or you talk about feelings are beyond our control, but our actions are always in our control. And 
I think I've heard you say before that if you could figure out a way not to feel, but you you haven't, that the right. feelings the feelings come, they're there, they're real. Yeah, and and so you're right. I have said that. Like I wish, but because I can't control my feelings, you know, because because I've gotten better and better and better, so much better at making better choices despite what I feel. But through years of that, a couple of decades of that, my the feelings that I have when put in a, a certain situation are not much different than they were in the beginning. The, the, the How quick I transition from my feelings to the truth is like night and day difference. But the feelings I have haven't changed so much. So in, in that sense, I'm like, yeah, I wish I wouldn't. I wish I wouldn't have to battle, fight these. That's why I call the book The Right Fight. I used to fight to be loved, and now I fight to love. I used to fight to be respected, and now I'm fighting to be respectful because it is a battle because of these feelings. But, you know, that's though sometimes I wish I didn't have them. Um, they're a blessing. They really are. You know, it's, it's an, you know, if I didn't have those feelings, maybe there would be no love in setting them aside to still do what was best for someone else. And if I didn't have the, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like if you don't have the fruit in your life, there's no love in, in sacrificing and giving up some of your fruit because it's best for someone else. You have nothing to give them. So, you know, I think the world takes that perspective where they, the, the mantra is, um, don't care what anyone else thinks about you. So this is about hardening our hearts and not caring what other people think. Well, that's a major trap, you know. I mean, if you don't care what other people think, you're you're insanely selfish. You have a hard heart, and a hard heart is a weak heart, and it feels good right now. It's easier right now, but in the end, it's going to co- totally crush you. And the way it's going to crush you is it's going to use you to hurt the people around you that love you the most, that need you the most, that depend on you the most. And I think nothing, nothing. At least in my own life, nothing is worse for me. It's one thing to make a mistake, um, to be selfish, other things. But when I make a conscious decision to do something I think is right, and then I realize it was completely wrong, and I've hurt the people that matter most to me, that's the hardest thing to deal with. And, and, and so, so I need my feelings. I really do. I need my feelings to keep me alert. I got to keep my my heart soft and um, and my skin tough, right? Like Dad said, and um, and yeah, fight to live a loving life despite how I feel. And I hope this is communicating okay because um, um, this is so prominent in the world today. And, and everybody is, you know, the whole world is just going where their feelings take them. If you care about someone and their feelings are taking them somewhere that's not best for them and you're okay with that, just don't tell me you care about them. If you really care about someone, it's not that you want to be hateful to them or, or that you want to, you, you don't want to fight them because so you can prove you can win or any of those things you, you want to fight for them so we don't fight our enemies we fight for them and uh, a great example i just i saw a, a clip today and this may be older it looked new to me it's probably older because i hadn't seen it in a lot of different places but there was a kid who entered a school with a shotgun 
and he was there to shoot the school up. And I think it was in Oregon maybe, but or Utah. But anyway, um, a coach is in the school, and he hears that there's a shooter in the school. Well, of course, everybody's running from the shooter, but the coach runs to where the shooting is. So instead of running from the fear, he runs to it. And then he gets there, he, and he, he gets to the room where all the kids are running out where the shooter is. And the, the shooter happens to be coming out of the room as he arrives at the door. And he's able to get a hold of the gun and take the gun from the kid. After he takes the gun from the kid, I'm sure he's thinking, what, you know, not sure what to do next. The kid hugs him, and he just starts crying. And, he, and, and he's like, I didn't want to hurt anybody. I just, I just wanted to hurt myself. No one cares about me. And, and then the coach is like, no, I care about you. So the coach hugs him. He gets the gun away from him. But, but, and and it's, an, it's an incredible story because if you think about, first of all, you got to think about this kid. Why was he there to, to shoot up other people? Like what, what happened there? Well, I would tell you, I think it's this, that he got hurt several times and he became these eight things that love is not, and he's totally fruitless. So he believes the lie that no one cares about him, not even knowing that not only does God love him, but he has a coach that would lay down his life for him. Like this coach didn't even know him. And so why would this coach be willing to risk laying down his life for this kid? And I would say it's because the coach made up his mind before that day, not when that happened. He made a decision before that day that his life wasn't about him, that it was way bigger and it was way more important than that. I can only imagine he must have put Christ first somewhere, you know, to be in that situation and put himself in that situation. So he shows up. So here's a kid wanting to hurt himself and hurt a bunch of other people, coach shows up, and instead of showing up to hurt the kid, he has to stop him, by the way, okay? I mean, he has to use everything with his power to stop him. If he lets the kid shoot people, well, he's just hurting the kid and it's hurting people. Like, love doesn't pretend that's okay. So what is the coach? The first thing the coach does is he tries, to, he tries and succeeds at taking the gun away. But after he gets the gun away from him, and he realizes that the kid's not a threat to him. He doesn't throw him on the ground and, and bash his head in or, or pump around into him. You know, he he's actually cares about the kid. So if we love someone and they have a gun, we have to take it from, you know, if, if they have a gun and they're there to use it. Right. I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking a situation. They got a gun. We love them. They're there to do harm. Love won't allow that. We have to get the weapon from him. I would say even if I have to use a weapon to get the weapon, to stop the weapon, if that's my only choice, then I, I have to do that. But that's but once I have gained control of that situation, then my heart should be for the guy. Right? Now he's going to face consequences and everything else that's involved in that. So the most beautiful thing, the reason I want to share that story is like everybody who sees it, and I can't tell it like it shows, you should go look for the clip if you haven't seen it. But... Once you see the clip, my first thought when I saw the coach was, I love that guy. You know what I mean? I promise you that kid was thinking he loved that coach. But what really happened? What really happened was the kid, the kid felt unloved, and he became this, this monster in the moment. The coach chose to love. So the coach loved the kid, but the kid's saying, I love the coach. So the coach's decision to love the kid resulted in the fruit of the kid feeling loved. And so, you know, we fight 
with our feelings and for our feelings. And we need to listen to them. And then we, despite what we feel, we choose to love. And when we do, the feelings of love that we really want take care of themselves over time. Does that make sense? It does. It's a lot to think about. Maybe we can continue this next week in the next podcast, just stay with the same topic. But uh, until then, trust God's Word no matter what. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.